Hi, welcome back to Unsolved South. This is your host, Michelle. And I'm Maddie. I hope everybody had a terrific week. Maddie, how was your week? I, it was a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, my week was, was okay. It wasn't okay. Um, anything spectacular. You know, we've been super busy and everything. We just had Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was just it. Halloween was so fun. My babies were baby sharks, and me and Noah were um, lifeguards. Yeah. And we were so cute. Aw. I saw the pictures. Y'all were so cute. Yes. Sawyer absolutely loved trick-or-treating. He didn't understand the concept at first, and then after the first few houses, when they let him pick the candy, then he was like, okay, so we go to these people's houses, and then they give us candy. Cool. I can go up to houses now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna be like, where is he at? <laughs> and look out, he's gonna be out there trick or treating next week. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> Make sure you lock your door. <laughs> right. But um, I how many trick or treaters did you get? I got quite a few. I did. You did. Get a, did you give out all your candy? I didn't, um, just because I think we went trick-or-treating when the bulk of people went trick-or-treating. Yeah. We went pretty early because it was feeling like it was about to rain, and um, we have little kids, so we went pretty early. We went, like, at 5 o'clock. Yeah. And I think that's when the bulk of people trick-or-treated. Yeah, so, that I mean, I was giving out handfuls of candy. Yeah. Um, and I bought a ton of candy. Uh, there's a woman in my Halloween group. You know those totes, like I pack my Christmas stuff in. Yeah. Uh, like the big ones. She yeah. had six of them full of candy. What? Yeah, they were like they gave out thousands. Wow. Um, we stopped at two people's houses that gave out full size candy bars, and um, one of them gave out Jello shots for the parents. Yeah, some of the people in my group do that too. They do. I was um, so excited about the Jello shots. Or they'll do idea. like those little travel bottles of liquor or whatever. Yeah. To the adults, um, I give out full size candy bars also, but <laughs> I only have the one trick or treater. Uh, and we'll be trick or treating at your house when we come down. Well, I then gave out all my full-size candy, but I did set some candy aside for my little um, Kate and Cole. I have, like, I have a basket of candy set aside for them, so they won't <laughs> be wanting for candy, but uh, I gave out all my full-size that I was requested to get. My gotcha. trick-or-treater did show up, and she was the only one. No. And she was a pirate, so I was like, oh, it's too bad y'all couldn't have gone together. Because she is a pirate and they were sharks. Yeah, that would have been, been so cute. So, anyway. But I had a great Halloween. It was fun. So Watched glad. some scary movies. Missed the kids and stuff. But that's cool. Because I don't usually see them on Halloween anyway. Yeah. But since I was working on the story on Halloween, I decided to do a couple of spooky tales for us. Ooh, so, I love spooky tales. And I knew it wouldn't come out till after Halloween, but I was like, I'm in the Halloween mood. You people will live with it. I know how y'all yeah. are. I mean, technically, it's the first day of Christmas when this comes out, so. 
technically. I'll have to throw in a Christmas tale at some point. Um, and maybe a Thanksgiving tale. Maybe I can find something for Thanksgiving. So. Um, let me tell y'all something really quick. I have been using this new app. And it is a talk-to-text app. And I don't know if I told y'all about that. But um, it makes things a lot easier for me. <laughs> because... I can work wherever I am. I just need my notes with my research yeah. and stuff. And otherwise, I can work wherever, wherever I am. So handy dandy. It really is. I've got mush mouth today. I guess Fine. I need to say that too. Because I, they put me on that medication and it makes me so dry. I'm dry like a mermaid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've got a water and a coffee sitting here. I'm going back and forth between them. And I feel like my tongue is so dry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's killing me. So I feel like it's giving me much mouth. Yeah. And it's making me cough like um like I've got a tongue piercing. You know how that people talk when they have a tongue piercing? Yeah. With a little lisp. Yeah. And um so anyway, also if you hear me drinking, that's why. Sorry about that. I was wondering what happened. I was like, "Did you did you disappear?" What no, I'm no, I'm. I had to take a sip. I'm. I swear, I feel like my tongue is sticking to my mouth. It is so dry. If that doesn't correct, I don't know. I might need some tongue drops or something. I don't know if there's a such. <laughs> anyway, because I'm a little bit southern, when I talk in this app. Sometimes it doesn't exactly understand the words I'm trying to say, especially if I'm talking um, loud. I mean, yeah. quick, not loud, quick. And it will, and bless its heart, it's trying to make up words, like put words together, because that is what it sounds like I said. <laughs> but that ain't what I said. I mean, it probably is what I said, <laughs> but it's not exactly what I said. <laughs> So, sometimes it's replacing words in here. Yeah. And so, like, earlier, I just, I just, like, cut it and paste it back into my document from the app instead of trying to share it and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, like, it said your name was Manny. Manny. Yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. So I was like, in the last one I did, I run across some words, and then I'm like, that does not make sense in this sentence. And so I'm like, just trying to figure out what I meant to say, and I did not have time to go through this one and change that or edit it out. So just forewarning on that. Oh, also, I also, if I am recording and then I am also talking to somebody like Kayla or the dogs, it yeah. also records that. So if in the middle of either of these stories, I suddenly give Kayla some kind of instructions for something I need her to do, or I yell, shut the F up to my dogs, <laughs> y'all will know why. My dogs have been off the hook today. All of them are just raising cane, and they will not shut up. Luckily, though, I think they wore themselves out because it's been a good 10 or 15 minutes since I heard them go off. Yeah. I mean, when they get started, they're like some round sound. I'm like, what are y'all even doing? Why are y'all so riled up? 
And update on the Norman situation. He's still living under the house like a hermit. Nice. It's still making Elizabeth very angry because she's like, why is he under the house like a hermit? Why am I not out and under the house like a hermit? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he still managed to find right up under Dandy's food bowl. He's still hanging out there. Nice. And so, if Dandy does not bark at him, he, I don't know if he's hitting the floor or something under the floor or what, but he makes a noise under the house to try to rile Dandy up, which mostly works. And then Dandy gets in trouble for barking because he's in here with us. Mm -hmm. So, then he gets in trouble for barking, and that could be Norman's plan. Nice. He may Smart. just be setting Dandy up to get in trouble. He is incredibly smart, and he is such a sweet dog. It makes me so annoyed that he won't just get along with Andy. Yeah, so they can play together. Yeah, because I'd have them all on the house if that was the case. But, I mean, Dandy was here first, and, you know, I can't throw him out. Plus, he, he also will get out, and he will run slap away. Norman yeah. just goes under the house and lives like a little hermit. He comes out when you go out in the yard. When the neighbors come out in their yard, he puts himself in the front fence so he can be in the fence. And I guess so they don't get him. I don't know. <laughs> but if he sees somebody come up, he runs and puts himself in the front fence. Yeah. And then when they leave, he lets himself out. Incredibly smart dog. So annoying, though. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my little um, disclaimer that if y'all hear me um, go off on something and you're like, what do you mean fold the sheets? <laughs> <laughs> that's what had happened was. Got it. All right, okay. so you ready to get started? I am ready to get started. Let's um, do it. <clears throat> Oh, one more quick heads up. This has to do with the story. If you're one of those people that is like you need to be exact when you talk about ship terms or boat terms or nautical terms, uh, that's going to drive you nuts. So you may just want to ahead. As, um, I know people are like that, like on the uh, like cruise websites and all. If you say the room, they're like, it's the cabin. Or if you say the boat, it's a ship. It's the ship. Yes. If that's you, sorry, I'm openly making fun. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> like, I, I understand that, like, if you're in the Navy or something, okay, I get it. But you're just regular Rhonda from the grocery store. Why are you so invested that I say cabin or ship? Why, Rhonda? Right. So that annoys me, and it annoys me more when they correct people. I'm going to just be open and honest. I'm about to use the wrong terms repeatedly. There y'all go. Anyhow, um, our first story is about a ghost ship, and the name of that ghost ship is the Gloria Colita. Isn't that cute? I love that name. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so this ghost ship is actually out in the Atlantic Ocean, so it's not strictly southern, but it did leave, the last time the, that it was seen, it did leave Alabama, 
and then it was spotted off of Florida. So I'm going to say it counts and y'all are going to go along with it. All right. So the Gloria Kalita was built in the late 1930s. At the time, it was one of, if not the largest vessel in the Caribbean Ocean. And it was 165 feet long. That's huge. Yeah. In my opinion, that's it. huge. I mean, How for big is a bus. I think like 40 foot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not some kind of bus expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling it now. Okay. Uh, 35. Oh, wait, that's high. That bus is not 35 foot high. It says the length of a normal school bus is about 30 feet high. No, I mean, there's no way a bus is 30 foot high. You're right. That's an overpass is only like 14 foot. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that I don't think this thing knows what it's doing. <laughs> 35 to 45 feet long. Oh, I said 40. Perhaps I am a bus expert and didn't know it. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, anyway. The Gloria Kalita was 165 foot long, and it was built by a man named Reg Mitchell. Okay. He was a shipbuilder. He came from a line of shipbuilders, and he was a pure out expert in, in building ships. He also would captain this particular ship. Everyone that saw this ship was like, it is a sight to be seen. It's absolutely huge. You know, it's a beautiful ship. It's, you know, it's a sight. And the same could be said for Reg Mitchell because he was over seven foot tall. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Like, Billy is like six two or something. I had a friend in high school that was like seven two. Yeah, Michael. Okay, so yeah. you know that that's huge. That's like yeah. he stands out in the crowd. Yeah, so he does. people were like, you know, the dude stands out, the boat stands out, they're a perfect match, right? So he captains right. this boat. The regular route that the Gloria Kalita would travel was from South America to Cuba to Mobile, Alabama. That was just the general route that they would take most of the time. So they would go get rice from South America, and then they would take it to Cuba, and they would sell the rice, and then they would buy sugarcane in Cuba and take that back to Alabama, to Mobile. Mm -hmm. Then they would sell the sugarcane in Alabama, and they would buy lumber. And then they would take that lumber back to South America. And occasionally they would take lumber also to Cuba. But mostly they would go to South America. So they, that's what they would normally do. And, you know, and they're getting pretty wealthy off of this. Yeah. On one particular trip, though, Reg loaded up with rice in South America like normal. And then he went to Havana, where he picked up his sugar. But then instead of going to Mobile, 
he went to Venezuela. Hmm. And we're not really sure why this trip changed. Yeah. Um, what he was picking up in Venezuela. What, you know, was he selling the sugar cane in Venezuela all of a sudden? Probably not. Right. But while he was in Venezuela doing whatever he was doing, he fired his entire crew. What? Just and randomly then, get off the ship. Right. And he, like, randomly goes to Venezuela. You know, like, sometimes he would go other places. But we don't really know what he was carrying or hoping to buy. Yeah. In Venezuela. But when he gets there, he fires his entire crew. And then he hires a new crew of Spanish men. Right. Now, I don't know why it matters that the crew was Spanish, but it was specifically said like several times in the different sources. Like any time they referenced the crew, they would say the Spanish crew. And I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know if that was something with the time period, like the Spanish crew was known for something or I, I don't know. But, um, and, and somebody that knows something about the time period and shipping may be like, oh, well, it was because blah, blah, blah. Personally, I don't know, but they acted like it was important, so I mentioned it. So, if you know why it's important, let us know. Yeah, I mean, and it may not be. It may just be that they were specifying Spanish crew as in, instead of saying, like, the new crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, when they were talking about it, instead of specifying it was the new crew versus the old crew, they just said the Spanish crew. I don't know. I really don't know what the purpose of that was. I normally would not have included that, but I felt like mm, maybe it's important. Who knows? In any case, counting him, that means his ship has a crew of nine people. So there are nine people on board this boat, right? Reg and this new crew returned to Mobile, Alabama with whatever goods they loaded up on. And then they sold them, loaded up with their lumber, and they headed back towards Cuba this time. So, yeah. like I said, occasionally they would go to Cuba. Normally they would just go on into South America to whatever country they were loading up with then. British Guana or something. Um, in any case, they left on January 21st, 1940. And they never made it to Cuba. None of the crew was ever seen again. Hmm. Two so weeks. Go ahead. That feels like he fired his old crew because he loved them. And didn't want something bad to happen to them. And that is at all, all possible. Maybe. And, you know, um, sailors are notoriously superstitious. Yeah. And so, yeah, he could have had a feeling something was going to happen. Um, or, you know, he may have planned for something to happen. Yeah, we he don't know. planned for something. So, what we do know is that two weeks later, the 
Gloria Polita was spotted by a Coast Guard airplane. Mm-hmm. It was about 150 miles off the Gulf Stream of Florida. It was obvious to them that the ship was damaged and the plane did not see any signs of life when they flew over. There was nobody on the deck. There was nobody leaving for help. So, you know, obviously they radioed in the coordinates and everything and um, they sent out a crew. The ship was towed in for salvage. There was absolutely no one on board. There were not bodies. There were not... There was no one living on board. Some of the stories say that the captain's dog was on board and that he was still alive. But Mm. some stories don't mention the dog at all. So I don't know if that's something that somebody added later in the retelling for dramatic effect or what. But there were no human survivors or bodies on the boat. How weird. Um, as I said, the ship was obviously damaged. The riggings were completely gone. Um, you know, the ropes where it holds up the sail. Yeah. And the rudder was gone. Okay. Okay. Now, that could have happened in a storm or, you know, probably just in rough seas if the ship was unattended. Yeah. You know, if it was just left with the sails up and, you know, the rudder was just free willy out there, it probably, what? You said free willy. (laughs) That damage probably could have just happened by just nobody being in control. Right. Nobody had any clue what had gone down, but obviously everybody's got a theory. One of these theories is probably the most logical one, and that is that the ship may have been hit by a rogue wave. Now, I know that some people have said, oh, rogue waves don't exist. Um, If if you've watched uh, The Deadliest Catch, you know they absolutely exist. Yeah. Um... And it's something that you legitly can't really be prepared for because it comes from nowhere, hence the name. Right. But some people do subscribe to this theory, and they think that a huge rogue wave, given the the size of the ship, that the rogue wave may actually have been up to 100 foot tall. And swept over the boat and just washed the whole crew overboard. Hmm. Was there an inside part to the boat? Um, Yeah, there were cabins and such. There were inside parts, um, you know, like the cabins, because they lived on these ships for weeks while they were going back and forth. So there were cabins and stuff. And I think we're on the same page that what are the chances that legitly everybody would be out on board. I mean, on the deck. It doesn't seem very likely. No. And, you know, there could have been a storm that had bad waves, in which case maybe everybody would have been on the deck. Maybe, you know, they got to go up there. But wouldn't they have dropped the sails if there was a bad storm so that they could... Yeah. 
I mean, it seems to me like in a bad storm, you would drop the sails to lessen the wind impact. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a sailor. I like cruise, but I ain't in charge of the boat. Yeah, you're not a professional. No, so, who knows? But that seems like a logical conclusion, right? Right. Okay, so another theory was that something happened that just caused them to abandon the boat. And that they would have gotten into the towboat behind. Was the towboat missing? Yeah. But also that could have happened in the in a storm or a rogue wave situation also. Or just being unmanned out to sea, you know? Yeah. So um, the towboat worked like a lifeboat, kind of. Um, from back in the day, they would just tow a smaller boat behind the bigger one. Yeah. And then if they needed to um, evacuate or something, they would have it. And so the theory being that they, for some reason, were like, oh, we need to get off. And then they got into the towboat and then they either went away from the ship or they somehow got separated from it. And this theory actually reminds me of the story of the Mary Celeste. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so the Mary Celeste was a ghost ship that was found in, um, I'm 98% positive it's 1872. Uh, I did look it up and that's what my memory is telling me. But I didn't write it down like a (laughs) crazy person. Anyway, um, so I think it was off the coast of Portugal. I'm pretty sure about that one. Yeah. In the late 1800s, they found a ship and it was very much like this situation. There was no one on board. That one I don't believe had any damage though. And there are even stories that there was, like, food on the table. Like, somebody was legitimately eating, and then they were gone. The heck? Yeah. And I've it, seen, like, stories of that happening, like, in different warehouses and stuff. Like, their coffee cups are still there, and with coffee in them, creepy. Like that. A warehouse? Warehouse, or maybe it was a, um, I don't know, I can't remember who told me the story. Or where it was. I might be making it up. It sounds yeah. like me. A warehouse is oddly specific for that A warehouse happen. or maybe like an office. Really? Yeah. I want to say it had to do with a um, nuclear power plant. Oh, are you talking about Chernobyl? Mm, no, when they had that it too. That meltdown, and then yeah. they had to evacuate. And now, like when people go do their urban exploration, they go in there, and there will be, you know, like meals out on the table and stuff that are rotten, obviously. But like somebody was sitting there, and then they had to evacuate so quick, they just left everything. Maybe that was it. Yeah, <laughs> not not the same thing, but yeah. Right. Well, so. Yeah, that's basically what happened with Mary Celeste. They, the people on board were just gone. And there was a theory 
that they were hauling alcohol, but I can't remember if they actually were hauling alcohol or if it was just the theory that they were, and that maybe some of those barrels started leaking and the fumes were out. And obviously that's um, flammable. Mm -hmm. And so that maybe they had gotten into their towboat in an effort to just get away from the fumes and let the ship air out. And they intended to haul themselves back in with the line once the ship had had some time to air out, just so they wouldn't be on board if there was an explosion. Yeah. And that they somehow got, the rope got disattached from the ship and they were lost at sea. And because they intended to pull themselves back on board, they just left everything. And didn't yeah. really take any provisions with them because they didn't intend to abandon ship. So that that's a major theory on the Mary Celeste. And I thought that could be something that happened on this one. With them going to Portugal and we don't really know what they got, is it possible that they were taking something back to Cuba that wasn't allowed? But I tried to look up. still be on the ship? Well, it could have, but we don't know what was on the ship. Gotcha. Nobody's really saying, you know, oh, well, this is exactly what got found. Okay, so nobody's saying, like, we found X, Y, and Z. No, not they said we found the ship. Found. Okay. And I was under the impression that nothing really was there. No, and that they salvaged the ship. So here's the thing. If you salvage a ship, it's yours. Now, if you go in there and you salvage the ship and there's, you know, a butt ton of drugs, valuables or whatever, <laughs> something you can make money off of or something you want, are you going to tell people or are you going to secret squirrel do what you need to do? Yeah. Okay, so what about pirates? Okay, so that is that is kind of my theory, and I was going to get to that um, at the end. Oh, sorry. Go Let's ahead. come back to that, and okay. um, because the other possible theory is, uh, well, anyway, to finish that one up, is it possible that they were taking something that wasn't allowed back to Cuba, and that they? Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't think about this earlier, but now that I'm thinking about it, could they have got busted at the docks bringing something into Cuba that they weren't supposed to? And that somebody just, you know, they were put in jail, disposed of in some way, and their ship was just sent out as not to cause more issues between Cuba and the U.S.? That you got a point there. I mean, that's conceivable, right? Yeah. Okay. I can see um, that. There is a theory that the new crew had staged a mutiny and maybe they had killed Bridge and then somehow died themselves in the towboat. But to me, that theory is weird because why would they even get in the towboat? Yeah. Like, if you stage a mutiny, you've had a whole ship. Why would you all get in the towboat? That seems wild. Yeah. And 
they could have taken that boat and sailed anywhere. They knew how to sail. They were the crew. They right. could have gone anywhere. You can't tell me they couldn't have gone back like where they lived or something and been like, oh, well, the captain randomly died, and so we didn't know what to do. So now yeah. we have a ship. <laughs> you know, they right. could have gone the whole route and made money for themselves. And I don't know. I don't know why they would get in the towboat. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm, not at all. Now, the last theory is a little out there. And that is that the captain and possibly the crew, um, this one goes a little back and forth because the captain is really the only one that was necessary to them. Um, so some say the crew may have been murdered or some say the crew may have been taken prisoner, but that they may have been captured by the Nazis. And this theory came out after there were reports made of people seeing a very tall man, not in uniform, standing on the deck of a German submarine. What? So it was theorized that since Reg was so knowledgeable about the different routes, that the Nazis captured him to guide them uh -huh. while they were spying or while they were setting up... Um, traps or whatever they were doing at the time. I'm not real sure what they were doing. I think they were setting out like those bomb things that ships would hit, mm -hmm. but I don't honestly know. So there is a, a theory out there that they were taken by Nazis and that Ridge was forced to help the Nazis um, navigate the waters. Right. So, I don't know how I feel about that one. I mean, I mean, the Nazis were out there at that time, so. Yeah, I, I guess. Could be true. Could be. Another theory that I didn't see anywhere, but this is just my personal theory. Pirates. He is. Um, kind of what you were talking about with the pirates. I didn't name them as pirates. Um, but what if just like another shipper knew that Reg was selling goods that he brought into Mobile mm -hmm. and that um, they knew he had a good bit of money on him. And, you know, granted he had to spend some of that money to get lumber and put on the ship, but to take back to Cuba, but I'm sure he had a ton of money left over. Yeah. And, and remember this was going on during the great depression. Mm hmm. So this was towards the end of the Great Depression. People needed money. Money was in short supply. So what if another shipper witnessed him with this money or knew he had this money? And then they decided to tail the Gloria Colita once they left port. And when they got out into the ocean, they stopped them and robbed them. Yeah. So basically pirates. Yeah. Now, you know, I think the lumber was left on board. I'm not 100% on that, but I imagine it would be hard to move lumber on a rolling sea. But the rest of the valuables they could have taken. Like I said, the salvage crew didn't exactly be like, oh, not that I saw at least, be like, oh, we found all this jewelry <laughs> and all this cash and everything. Could have been there. It may not have been there. But... You know, if somebody did rob them at sea, 
I doubt they would have wanted witnesses, so for sure they would have killed Ridge, right? And then, you know, I don't know, maybe the crew was like, oh, we're not that invested in him. Like, we just met him. We're not attached or anything. Right. So maybe they joined the new crew. Maybe the people were like, oh, they don't care enough to tell. Maybe they killed everybody. I don't know. Well, what about so that combining was a- two of these theories? So, okay, let's, hear let's say that the new crew was pirates, technically. They knew, mm-hmm. or they, they had loyalty to someone else, okay? A big honcho, if you will. And uh, Reg comes up and he's like, yo, I need crew. I just fired all my crew. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we are crew. So they get on the ship. They go out. And then they kill Reg, they steal all his stuff, and then, yeah. Or, so they're technically the pirates. Or, completely separate theory, uh, Reg knew that something bad was going to happen. and Or that he was going crazy and just had a wild hair that he wanted to kill a bunch of people. But he liked his crew too much. So he fired all his crew. He got new crew. They all got on the ship. And then they get out to sea. And Reg just goes ham. Stages a, um, a massacre at sea. A burial at sea if you will. Throws everybody overboard. Then he gets on the little ship. And then he goes off to wherever. And goes and starts a new life somewhere else. Well. The issue with the second one is that they actually did make the voyage to to Mobile, Alabama. They were leaving Alabama. So he didn't immediately kill them, but I guess he could have been like, these people getting on my last nerve and got rid of them when they left. But I don't know that. In my research, people seem to like him. He was pretty well respected as a shipbuilder. And, you know, I don't know. But you never Maybe know. Maybe he wanted people to disappear, psychos and you don't know it. Maybe he just wanted to disappear. But he knew that he Maybe. had to stage it as if um, somebody came across, um, came across them and killed them all or something bad happened to them. Uh, or- See, I don't know that it would have been that hard to disappear at, at that time and couldn't he have been better off disappearing by selling the boat and just going and starting a new life nobody would know him there was no internet nobody knew who he was you know outside of the areas he frequented yeah. he could have just gone to wyoming i don't know i mean just anywhere and just started a life with all his money he made from selling the ship Or, he had ties, like you said earlier, with the German government or whatever, and he was a secret spy, and he had to disappear so the U.S. didn't think that he switched sides, I guess, because he was seen on that German submarine. Well, I guess that's possible. Does that make sense? I did not say he had German ties, just for the record. No, 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 no. No, I did not I, say I'm that. saying that's my theory. <laughs> that's another theory. Okay. That could be. Um, the crew setting him up is a decent theory. Yeah. You know, because 
what are the chances? Well, I guess it was the Depression. That was hitting a bunch of countries. But, I don't know. The crew setting him up it is a possibility, in my opinion. Yeah. And they could have set him up to rob him or whatever. But, I don't know. It's weird. And I don't know what he was doing in Venezuela. And why would I he get rid of know, his whole crew? Right. Why would he just randomly fire his whole crew? Like, what could all of them have done to make them get fired in this port? Every single person. And like, you didn't have one single person that you wanted to keep from your crew? It just doesn't seem likely. Unless, follow me here on this theory. What if his crew was Venezuelan and he took them back home and then fired them? Okay, but why? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I don't know. It's weird. And what are the chances? I mean, just follow me on this one. What are the chances that you have done all these voyages with your crew and everything's fine and then you get rid of that crew, get a new one, and legit your first from other port to other port voyage, something goes wrong and everybody just New theory. What okay. if after he fired his crew, the crew got mad and joined together and followed the ship out and then killed them all. Oh, that is a good theory. Oh. That's a good theory. It just came all to right. me. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so we're going to move on to the next story because I do have another one. I'm going to go ahead and warn you that this one is going to be sad, um, but it is odd. But it is a sad story, okay. so just throwing that out there right up front. Got it. This story takes place in Cleveland, Tennessee in the late 1800s. Nina Craigmile was seven years old, and she had an incredible life. Her parents doted on her. They were very rich, and she wanted for absolutely nothing. Her grandparents, she had them wrapped around her little finger. Anything she wanted, they could not say no to Naturally. her. She was well-liked by the townspeople. They even called her Princess Nina when they would see her out. So she was for sure living a charmed life. Her maternal grandfather was a doctor. And you know, Back in those days, the doctors would go to people's houses to make their rounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would use their little horse and buggies. They would go to visit everybody that they had seen that, you know, they had appointments with. And a lot of times Nina would ride with him on these visits mm -hmm. and she would kind of assist him. And they would hang out together. They had a lot of fun. Sometimes he would let her hold the reins and steer the buggy. You know, it was a good time for both of them. On October 18th, 1871, there was a terrible storm coming. It had already started to rain, and there was lightning and thunder in the distance. So naturally, the doctor did not want to take Nina on his rounds with him that day. He didn't want her to have to sit in the wet buggy and right. get rained on and all. 
And so he told her she had to stay home, but she begged him and he was never one to tell her no. So he did give in and allow her to go. At some point during their journey, they were traveling near the railroad tracks and the horses got spooked and began to run out of control. Nobody really knows what spooked the horses. It could have been the lightning or thunder. It could have been something they saw or it could have been the approaching train. The train drew closer and the horses pulled the buggy ac across the tracks, causing a collision. Oh no. The doctor was thrown from the buggy and clear of the wreckage and he would wind up sustaining minor injuries. Nina and the two horses would not be so lucky. They were all killed on impact. Oh, no. Nina's family was obviously devastated. And her father, being unsure of what to do with himself, set up to... set about plans to honor his daughter. This is not funny, but in the middle of that sentence, it says it's supposed to rain Thursday. <laughs> and so it took me a second to figure out what, and I don't even remember talking about the rain with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a second to figure out what I was trying to say, not that it was supposed to. Rain. Yeah. Okay, so her father, being unsure of what to do with himself, set about plans to honor his daughter. He bought the land where his daughter and his wife were both born. And he planned to have a beautiful church constructed, which he did. Mm -hmm. In this church behind the altar, he even had a nook put in the wall with a pedestal and they he he called it nina's nook no. and he arranged it so there would always be fresh flowers in nina's nook Aww. he christened this church to open on the anniversary of her death and he named it saint luke's episcopal church that name was also sort of a remembrance for his daughter because she had actually died on Saint Luke, the day of St. Luke's Feast. Um, ironically, St. Luke, if you don't know this, is actually the patron saint of doctors. Oh. And, and that may not be ironic, but um, for her doctor grandfather to be thrown clear from the accident yeah. on on St. Luke's Day is, I don't know, that's an interesting coincidence. Yeah. But the story is that when he opened the church, that he then destroyed the key so that the church would always be open for anybody to come in and pray. Aww. After the church was opened, he set about planning a mausoleum to be built. And he commissioned this very impressive-looking mausoleum. It looks like a small house on the grounds of the church. Mm -hmm. The architecture of it is absolutely incredible. It has these beautiful spires that make the buildings 37 foot tall. Wow. 
Yeah. So he ordered a particular type of Italian marble. And it is supposed to be pure white. The only underlying color in it is like an off-white, maybe a little light gray mm -hmm. in the background. Um, you know, it gives it that marble look. But there are no veins of color in this marble. So it, it's all white. Yeah. And he ordered that marble to be shipped in to put to build this mausoleum out of. The walls of this tomb are four foot thick. Wow. It is an absolutely beautiful and incredible testament to the love of his daughter. On the third anniversary of her death, Nina's body was moved into her new home. It was placed in a sarcophagus, the top of which was carved. Had, it had a carving of her body under a blanket. Oh. So there was no features of her, but it was clearly a, a body her size yeah. under a carved blanket with a cross and a crown on top of it. Oh. It's, it's very pretty. Soon after she was placed in the mausoleum, the marble over the doorway, there's like an archway over the door, mm -hmm. and the marble in that archway began to be streaked with red. What? And, yeah, and it, it honestly looks like somebody has blood on their hands and smeared it. Like, there's not handprints, but it looks like if somebody tried to wipe blood away. What? How weird. <laughs> Remember, this marble was picked specifically because it didn't have underlying colors. Yeah. It, it was white. So, there are stories that her father got mad because the marble wasn't white. and He had that marble removed and had it replaced with other marble and that, that marble also turned red. That part of the story is a little hard to believe just because structurally, I don't know how they could have removed that top of that archway and then replaced it. But, yeah. I mean, anything's possible, and I'm not a builder, so I guess it could be possible. It just feels like, you know, four-foot-thick marble coming down and going back up in that archway structurally would be an issue. So I don't know if that's true, but... That's one of the stories. Now, in 1898, Mr. Craig Miles, at the age of 73, took a nasty spill on the icy streets of Cleveland, Tennessee. While his injuries are not really documented, I did find that he had some broken bones, and those led to him contracting blood poisoning. And he did die of his injuries. Oh, my goodness. When he was interred in the mausoleum with his daughter, the blood red color above the door of the mausoleum got dark. What? And it got darker still in 1928 when Nina's 86-year-old mother was struck by a car and killed not far from where her father had taken his fall 30 years earlier. What? The marble has been cleaned many times through the years with little to no improvement in the red. 
And other than just, well, there must have been some hidden color there and it just so happened to be red, there has been no explanation for why those veins appear. I mean, has... Or why they get darker every time a member of the Craig Miles family is interred, interred into the mausoleum. How creepy. So has it been tested for like mold and stuff? Uh, that I don't know. And I don't know what they would. But I, can marble grow mold? I mean, the reason I say that is because, you know, sometimes there is like a pink mold that gets in your bathtub. Yeah. So maybe... I mean, it's a porous. I don't, I don't know that marble. I don't know that marble can grow mold. I could be wrong, but and it is in the marble. It is not on the marble. Yeah, it, a porous. Um. A uh, sorry, marble is a porous uh, rock. So, right. I mean, moisture could have gotten in there. I'm looking at pictures right now. This is so creepy. It is. It looks like blood just got smeared right yeah it does especially right there at the bottom it uh -huh. looks like a blood splatter right there that's crazy. and i mean i guess you're right it is porous but i thought that when moisture got into it it just turned darker but also because it is specifically they specifically put it to be outside mm -hmm. Wouldn't they have sealed it or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know what the process was back then. But I do know that, you know, a lot of tombs and gravestones are made of marble. Yeah. And, it, you know, they're not really growing mold. So, I assume there would be some sort of process. Well, I figured maybe as time went on and... uh we advanced as, you know, with our testing abilities that maybe right. somebody was like, mm, you know what, I think I'll test this for, you know, X, Y, and Z and see if, like, I can find an answer. I did not see that anyone had tested it. Gotcha. Now, the thing about this is that this man spent over the equivalent of a million dollars on that church in the mausoleum. Yeah. In today's money, it would have been a million dollars. And half of that money was for the mausoleum itself. Yeah. He put as much into the mausoleum as he did the church. That's how incredible this thing was. Right. So I would imagine if he was like, you know, I need this marble because I don't want any color on this. You know, this is a, a dedication to my daughter. You know, he's paying these people good money. Yeah. I would just think that they would go, listen, we do not want to make this man mad and make him go somewhere else with his business. Right. We're going to get this man exactly what he wants. So, I don't know. I mean, that's just the way I think. I feel like they would have been really careful in checking the marble. I also think it's weird that it's, like, mostly right in the doorway. Yeah. To me, that's an odd spot. What do you mean? Mostly white in the doorway? No, that the blood, 
mostly appears in the book. Oh. Or the red. Because they enter. The cause, yeah. Because you're entering you in. You know what I'm saying? Bloodstains entering in. I mean, is it uh, a. I don't know, a. Um, a ghost's way of saying that uh, the grandfather did it on purpose? No, I don't think he did. He was devastated, too. Yeah. I mean, I... And as a grandparent, I don't know how you ever come back from something like that. Yeah. And, and I know things are a little different now, because I know we've talked about grandparents doing some stuff. Like, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but, like, in particular, I know we discussed that grandfather that dropped his grandchild off the cruise yeah. ship. And the possibility that that may not have been as accidental, given that um, there were witnesses that came forward that said that they had seen him leaning out of that area right. before the incident took place. And given that, you know, he had to pick her up in, like, I don't know, just in any public place. I have never seen a window so clear that if I was standing still inches from it, that you I would know. not be able to see that there is glass or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for him to have picked her up and set her on that railing. Especially on a cruise ship because the salty water... Um, it doesn't matter how high those windows are. They always get salt water on them. They always have like salt that film water on spots in film on it. Yes. Right. And the crew does clean a lot. Yeah. But I've never seen them actually get that salt water completely no. off. You know, and we've been on a lot of cruises together and separately. Yeah. And, you know, we've had rooms with windows. And the windows have never been clear. Mm -hmm. You know, and you see them out there scrubbing the windows. It's not like you're like, well, they never clean them. They do. You see them out there scrubbing. They're spraying the water. They're waving at you through the window. But I've never seen one completely clear. Yeah. I've definitely never seen one that I could go, oh, is there glass here? Right. You know, I mean. I don't know. It just, why would he throw her over, though? doesn't make sense. Lawsuit. I mean, yeah. But. I wish that we were not in a, you know, which I guess this has always been the case, but I wish we weren't in a time where you had to question if somebody would do something to a child they should love for a monetary gain or for another reason. But the truth is that. It happens. It happens all the time. You know, Susan Smith drove her kids into that, into the ocean because her boyfriend didn't want kids or to get back at her husband or whatever it was. You know, I don't even know what reason she settled on. Awful. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and I know that that's, there's always been stories about that. I just wish we could live in a world where people actually cared about the kids that they're supposed to care about, yeah. that people weren't murdering their children for 
taking the last cupcake or it's just ridiculous things. You know, I don't understand why all these things happen. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying if you have a teenager and they done smarted off with you one too many times and you punch them in the eye, listen, I feel you. Do I think you're right? No. But I can see how that happens because yeah. I've raised many a teenager and there's some I want to punch in the eye. So, you know, I can see that, but a baby, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't want to punch Cole in the eye. I don't understand. Now, Zane, you know, he gets like, he's got an attitude sometimes. I'm like, I'm about your eye, boy. But, you know, do I punch him? No. Do I want to? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, but I've never once wanted to, like, I'm going to punch Cade in the eye. Right. I mean. He's a baby. Like, plus he's so doggone cute. Like, how does a baby look at you and be so doggone cute and you're like, you know, I want to hurt you. I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. like, I can understand how you lose your temper with an older kid that is like rolling their eyes and smarting off and, you know, all this mess. I completely, if you're yelling at your teenager... Honey, I am on board with that. They are ass clowns. I raised them ass clowns. But these little bitty kids, like, I don't understand how people don't just feel protective of them. Yeah. And, you know, not just kids that, you know, you know and love. I mean, kids. you know, if I see a small child running in a parking lot away from their parents, I'm going to, like, grab that kid up and detain them until their parents get sick. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yesterday, like, we went trick-or-treating, and there was this uh, probably, like, nine-year-old kid and his brother that couldn't have been more than five or six. And they were trick-or-treating mm -hmm. by themselves, running across the busy road, back and forth, back and forth to different houses and I was like oh my god like this road is way too busy for these kids to be out here the older one's leaving his brother behind and they're not looking both ways I made them stop and I said you two need to stay together I like pulled out my mom voice and everything I said do not run across <laughs> this road again you need to look both ways and you need to go together yeah, I used my but their parents weren't following no. them or something there was no parents around for them no older kids, no nothing. They were out trick-or-treating by themselves. I was like, I, uh -huh. I looked around for a parent. There was no parent to be seen. Me and Zane just had this conversation about this the other day on the way to school about um, people. He saw a kid doing something and he was like, I feel like that kid's way too young. To be out there alone doing that. Yes. I can't even remember what it was. And I was like, you know, some people parent differently. And they, you know, allow their kids to go out and do things alone. But, you know, and some people are like, oh, no, you're only 27. You don't need to go to the grocery store alone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, um... And there's a medium in between, and I think I've tried to be that, but I don't know. Sometimes I see kids, I saw a kid in the, in the car wash in the town where he goes to school, 
you know, and it's a small town. It's a little small town. People know each other. You know, it's safe. Yeah. But I was like, that kid feels way too young to be hanging out in that car wash alone. Kids like probably not. Yeah. Now there's like a little um, trailer park behind the car wash, and I'm sure that's where he lived. Yeah. But even that, I was like, I feel like the kid's too young. To I mean, it would be different if it was like a 16, 17 year old brother taking his little brother. A 13 year old. A 13 year old taking a younger. But this kid couldn't have been more than like nine. I'm and I'm being generous with that. And they're running across the road like the older kid is running across the road. And y'all's road was way too busy yeah. in the video. Y'all seen it? Y'all need speed bumps on that I road. Know. Those cars were going way too doggone fast with trick or treaters out there. Yes, we were terrified. That is my pet. I absolutely hate it. You know that there are trick-or-treaters. Slow the heck down because you do not know what a little kid is going to do. You don't know that some kid is not going to dart in front of you at any given time. And these kids were not looking both ways. They were not. That's so... I don't know. They were not. I don't know. I'm not... Speed bumps. I personally would not do that. I've looked it up. Speed bumps in uh, this area are illegal, but speed humps can be. Oh, they're even better. Listen, they're even better. They put speed humps up um, on the road where Miss Beth lived several years back, and her whole family got out and hung out for like weeks on the front porch just watching people that didn't know about them hit them speed humps. And it was like the Duke's a hazard out there. <laughs> um, my neighborhood—they're like ramps. They uh, people cut through my neighborhood to get to the other side because the area around mm-hmm. me is so busy. So that's why mm-hmm. our neighborhood is so full of cars, is because um, they're cutting through, and you know, our HOA is trying to figure out a way to like stop people from cutting through. You know, people have talked about getting gates and stuff, but you can't do that because then we'd be responsible for the roads and blah, blah, blah. Um, But, I mean, I definitely am probably going to go to one of the meetings and... Because there have been uh, suggestions before and, you know, I don't know what had happened with that, so... Or can um, can y'all get the police to come out and patrol more? Yeah, so the they said they in the were. Video they said they were. were nice there. Yeah. People in the video when you sent me were crazy from. I was like, no, why are y'all going so fast? I only saw one car in the video I felt like was driving responsibly. Yeah. You know, on a normal day or whatever, I still don't think you should be driving because just for anybody that is unaware, Matlin has moved to a, it's like a subdivision. Their houses are probably 10 foot from the house next to them. And and it's like, I don't know, it looked like a hundred houses like that. Do you know how many? I have no idea how many are in this, but yeah, it seems like it. It's a lot. And, you know, the it's like, it's a subdivision street. And people are driving, I swear they had to been going 45, 50. And they there. put, um, like, we live right across the street from one of those, like, speed detector signs. 
that tell you how fast you're going. They had to put those up in our neighborhood to slow people down. But I don't think they're working. Um, they're, they do, but I feel like when I'm driving in the street, I feel like, okay, our speed limit is 25, and I feel like that's still way too fast for the street that I live on. I feel like it's way too fast. I feel like I'm yeah. flying. It's down like the if street. you're going into a a small neighborhood. Like I don't know where everybody is from, but I think most places have these neighborhoods that you turn off and go into, yeah. and all the streets are in this neighborhood. And that's what it's like. Only they have an outlet on the other side that is to a busy location, an outlet on each side that is yeah. busy locations. So people are using her neighborhood as a cut through. But this is like one of those little subdivisions that you just turn off and go into and all the roads are connected. And some of them got the little roundabouts at the end or whatever, yeah. not a roundabout, but cul like a cul-de-sac at the end. And you know what I'm saying? So this is not a major road that people should be driving on yeah, and they just built houses. Right. So, um, yeah, I felt like people were going way too fast, especially with it being Halloween and you know yes. kids are out. I mean, use some sense. Like when somebody's broke down on the side of the road, use some sense and go in the other lane and go around them yes. unless you absolutely can't. You know, if there's a tow truck or a cop or a fireman on the side of the road, get in the other lane and go around these people. They want to go on too. Ask right. People just drive me nuts. <laughs> anyway, so um, that's all I have for this week. That is all. Do you have more to say? I know that we have uh, ranted and raved a decent amount on this. Yeah, I think, I think that's <laughs> it. I think. Okay. Oh, oh, um, it is uh. Technically, when you're listening to this, it's Thursday, uh, November 2nd. So, Merry Christmas. Don't want to be dramatic or anything, but Merry Christmas. And if you're one of those people <laughs> that's like, oh, my God, you're skimming Thanksgiving, you're probably my husband. Um, and uh, I can unplug my Christmas lights and Christmas tree for you on Thanksgiving Day, and the turkey will still taste the same. I promise you that. Um, but, yes, I... 100% I'm going to be decorating pretty soon once I get a chance to. <laughs> I am about to start my decorations also because I want to be able to light them on Thanksgiving and um, on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Because um, that's traditionally when people go look at Christmas lights around Yeah. Here. So I want to be able to light mine on Thanksgiving. Plus, um, we've talked about it before. I didn't go as big on Halloween, um, Halloween because I, I just had a lot going on. And then with my surgery and everything, that had took me out. And, you know, my family likes to pretend like I just, if it's not done exactly like I want, it's not right. And that's not true. <laughs> but, um it, like, there are certain things, but also, I just gave Kayla free reign to decorate the whole front of the house and let her do what she wanted to yeah. do. And I did not change a thing. So, um, I would have appreciated any amount of decorating that they did, which they did do a couple things while I was down, but um, I've got totes that never even got open. i got stuff that Zane never even got out of the attic for me to even try to put up. Yeah. 
And so, you know, that's, that's a thing. But in any case, I'm not falling into that for Christmas. I have a plan on who's doing what. I've already told them. Plus, Will and his girlfriend are coming home for, um, right, for Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. um, I am too, because I think it's been like two years since we've seen him. Has it been that long? Yeah, because he was supposed to come home last year and he got deployed. Oh. I feel like we, so we I think went it's up been, to, maybe I went up and visited You him. did. You did. You did go okay. up. And uh, Billy and Zane went to visit. I have not seen him in two oh, years. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because I was not able to go. Yeah. So, um, me and the girls have not seen him, other than you, have not seen him in two years. Yeah. So we're super excited, and we've never met his girlfriend, and traditionally, he chooses wrong, although this one I've heard good things about from the people that have met Yeah, her. I like her so, so um, yeah, so we'll see, you know, if that holds, because our family has a lot of traditions that people that didn't, that, let's just say if holidays were not important to you growing up, you may not be able to handle, you know, we for many years until COVID would all dress up in matching pajamas and everybody would go sit on Santa's lap. These are grown people sitting on Santa's lap. Yes. And so, you know, that's not always the easiest thing for a 26 year old dude to just go sit on Santa's lap in a pair of footy pajamas. We have been lucky in the fact that the people that have joined our family have been um, willing to do that and to do whatever wild thing we do. And uh, so, you know, I, I was just like, I hope she's not lame because I don't want no complaining that we're, you know, all sitting in footy pajamas watching the Grinch and doing whatever. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, we've got some things and we've had. I don't want to name no names or nothing, but, you know, we've had some people get brought over to join our festivities that were not, um, cooperative. Uh, little babies. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, on Easter, I'm telling you, we're wild with holidays. I'm not, I don't know how else to say it, like, for Easter, the Easter Bunny brings my grown children baskets for around the house. Right. And and then they do this whole Easter egg search. Well, actually, the Easter Bunny brings baskets for everybody, mm-hmm. grown children included. And I know that they don't always do that for everybody. But if somebody is coming to visit with one of my grown children, they also will get a, an Easter basket left. And so, and they're hidden. And so you got to do this whole search. All the eggs are hidden. And so, you know, we just search for the Easter baskets and the eggs. And it's always a lot of fun. I guess for us, it may not be fun for other I people. I mean, we're all competitive too. So like, you know, we're all like, I found my Easter basket before you did. Haha, <laughs> I know where your Easter basket is. You don't know where it is. You know, we're out here having fun with it and like teasing each other and, you know, getting really like right. excited about it. And I guess like, and, not and everybody our family likes does to that. play around a lot. 
they like to play around a lot. They like to be like tease each other and all. Like I think maybe to outsiders, some of it can look like like I know some people's families are like, "Oh, baby, look," you know, yeah. and we're like, "Ah, oh, you loser, you can't find your best." Yeah, and so, <laughs> and so we're not nice about it. Even if you're new, right. we're not I mean, nice about it. But it's all in good fun. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we're mean. It's just like, you know, we're, that's just who we are. We're very jokey. Yeah. And so, anyway, somebody came and then, and and the Easter Bunny thought they had hid the basket in a very easy place to spot, which is another thing. Like, there are certain people that we're like, oh, we got to find the, like, we hope their basket is in like the hardest spot ever yeah. to find. And, you know, and then that's funny in itself because every year this person has a terrible time finding their basket. <laughs> so, um, so it's like a thing for the Easter bunny to try to find a harder place. Yeah. But this particular time, the Easter bunny had hid this new person's basket in like the easiest place in the world, like in a child's hiding space. If you're this person, I'm so sorry. I'm telling this story. And, um, we didn't say your name, sorry so about that. you'll live. You'll probably yeah, I'm cry not on saying, the toilet. I'm not saying your name. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I'm not giving any recognizable. I'm not even saying a sex. This new person could not find their basket. And they went out and cried. On the porch, like legit tears. Yeah. Because they were, quote, Plus, I think we were really loud. And I think this person came from like a really small family where I guess things don't get loud. And in our house, there's like, what, 12 of us when everybody's yeah, here? Yeah, and they're all talking at the same time. And everybody's like getting louder and louder to try and talk over everybody so that they can be heard. Like if you're a quiet yeah, person, plus you're not getting a word into our house. Right, right. So you got to be prepared to join in to the loudness. Yeah. And We're not going to pause it was to just, to you. Sorry. <laughs> right. I think it was just overwhelming. Yeah. And we definitely did not make fun of this person at all. Mm -hmm. No, because we were just like, oh, no. Well, I know, but we didn't. Even after that, we didn't make fun of them. We were like, oh, no, you know, I hate that this person... Because we're doing this in good fun, and, and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or whatever. You know, we need, we're not trying to make people cry outside of the people that are here. But also, we knew so, this person wasn't <clears throat> going to last long after that. <laughs> yeah, we knew. And then there was that person that when we did that game where they are blindfolded and they have to shoot people that are making noise with the Nerf gun. Oh my god, yes. And then this person did not want to participate Ooh, that in that person pissed me off like there's one thing if you're like oh uh y'all just do it or whatever but if you're in the middle of everything and then you just are not participating but you're making noise anyways and you know like participate it's fun it's fun it is fun but you're right it was not just strictly that they did not participate it was that they interrupted the game yeah and did not want to participate. And that was annoying. Yeah, it was so, so annoying. So, anyway. So, anyway, long story longer. Um, so, we were like, I can't even remember where I was going. Anyway, so, um, we didn't want his girlfriend to be lame and, like, cry 
on the porch or the toilet or whatever. And he's like, oh, no, she won't. So anyway, we'll see what goes on. I am going to be very nice because I have already resigned to um, giving a fair shot and being really nice and trying to be like, yeah, I like her. Yeah. Um, also, new fun thing that we're doing, just to make a long story even, even, even longer. Um, we are starting our first annual Family Christmas Olympics on the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. I am so Matlin's excited got this point. about it. Uh, we are going to do different Olympics games. We're probably going to pair up into our groups and, oh, it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And we're going to, everybody's going to come over and wear their matching Christmas pajamas yes. with their groups. Yes. And we're going to, and we're doing this the, the day after Thanksgiving because that's when my son is home on leave. Yeah. Normally we would do it on into December, but that's when he's going to be home and then he's got to go back. And so, um. That's when we're doing it, and we're all wearing our matching pajamas with our groups, and we do our Bad Santa ornament exchange, I'm which so is excited. when everybody gets um, these either atrocious Christmas ornaments or ornaments that are dirty, or a naughty ornament, or something like really fun. Um, it can't be right. like a pretty, like uh, I don't know. Reindeer. Yeah, reindeer like we don't want that mm -mm. like it has to be like a jacked up reindeer with six legs and three tongues and all of it yes. i mean or it's like gotta be like jacked up i don't know if you can like, say that on um, podcast, but you know it's gotta be something crazy and fun right it's it needs to be out there and we have had some we've had some that are just like out there now my personal favorite was mine from last year that i gave Pickleless cage. Pickleless cage. <laughs> and it was like a wooden shoes? pickle. Wait till you see this. With Nicholas Cage's face. <laughs> oh, man. I hope it ain't the one I'm going to try to encourage Melanie uh -oh. to get. But, uh, <laughs> we've all ordered ours. And so, you know, we're prepared. But we do these like, um, and some of them are like really dirty. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just ugly. Like, um, one year there was this, like, really, it, a reindeer, actually, ironically, <laughs> is really jacked up there. And they called it dinner fish? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it was called I dinner either, fish. But and it was this dinner ugly, fish, like, dinner, dinner fish. fish or something? I don't know. But it, yeah. it's this reindeer that's dressed as a nutcracker, and he's, like, obviously, like, hot glued, and he's, like, just but ugly i found him that was actually one that i bought i found him at like yeah. michael's in the bottom of a bin and he was just the ugliest ornament that i could possibly find he was like made of felt he's, and everything oh it was ugly and but he's not like a traditional ornament he's like a tree hugger he's um <laughs> yeah he's he's pretty atrocious yeah. and so i have a tree that i set up and when i decorate my listen y'all gonna have to cut this off i reckon but anyway i decorate my kitchen and i put like the ribbons going down the cabinets like my kitchen is gorgeous during the holidays like i got the the garland around the top of the cabinets and all my christmas uh cookie jars out and all of this like my kitchen is gorgeous yeah. and then i put this fake small tree in the middle of my 
table and then I put all the ornaments that the people that live in my household have acquired over us doing this. And so only on here's like my gorgeous three, kitchen. Too. I know, but but I've got ornaments from um Will from um from Kayla, from Melanie, from me, from Billy, from Zach. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good many Oh, ornaments. yeah. No, I'm just Anyway, so I put them on the tree. And so, like, I've got this one set that's like a um, set of, let's call it the luggage that would go under, a, like, people's member. <laughs> I don't know if that's obvious enough. I don't want to bust out with it in case some of these kids. You said penis, so. What are you saying? I don't know even know what you're testicles. Talking. It's testicles. Oh. <laughs> okay, I didn't get that. They say jingle balls. Jingle balls. You should have said I got a pair of jingle balls. Wink, wink. Well, I didn't know if that was okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what they are, and they look like um pretty real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like just hanging on my Christmas tree, like my mother-in-law sitting in the kitchen. Like right next to it. <laughs> and I've got like all these dirty ornaments. And I don't even think she noticed. <laughs> but to me, it's hilarious. Uh, we're really excited for our uh, Christmas. Uh, yeah, you probably could Yeah, more. we're really excited about it. We're, uh, yes, in our Olympics, it's going to be super fun. Um, we're gonna, probably mm -hmm. going to do the game with the, um, the, uh, what are they called? The chickens, the like squeaking chickens. Put those on oh, your I'm feet so excited. and do like a um, like a the Nerf gun. Yeah, what's it called? The blind game. Ah, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, it's gonna be super fun, and we'll keep y'all updated on all of that. But we have <laughs> ran over really bad, so we probably need to get off. Yeah, like we're really like thirty bad. minutes over. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let's just uh, close it out then. Okay. Um, I do want to say, Lindsay, Heather, and Sandra. Sandra's I'm glad y'all showed name. back up last week. Sandra's a new name. Uh, I don't think she's. I know, but she has showed up a couple times on on the group, yeah. and um, so I'm gonna throw her in there because now she's um, yeah, she one says, of the people she says she that never, I expect she, not to disappear again. Yeah, she says she never misses an episode. So I'm really excited about that. Hey, Sandra. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I know. Anyway, don't make me have to call y'all out again. Yeah, y'all keep up that. with this. Look, I want I want to know what you thought about the bleeding ghosts and the um the ship and everything. I want to know what you thought. So please tell us. Or okay, and so I'm Christmas gonna tell you who to share with this, huh? Or they could tell us our, their Christmas traditions. Oh yeah, tell us that. We're interested. Or Thanksgiving or any holiday. Yeah, we don't care. We're not picky. Yeah, we like we them like all. Them. Okay, so I'm going to tell you who we're sharing with, and I was trying to decide, and I was like, I'm going to say share with anybody that likes cruising because we have the goat chip, and I asked Kayla for suggestions, and Kayla says we need to share with the sheriff's office. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. anyway, y'all do with that what you want. Y'all yeah. do, do that if you want to do that. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.